Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Hey, y'all. It's time for another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Vanessa, don't talk to your mouth, Well, I'm sorry. I'm still eating the pie from when we played Pie Town. And on this episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, the guys review Pie Town and Fog of Love, they also reveal a brand new logo and have other fifth anniversary surprises. Now give me another bite. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. Little River Band's happy anniversary can only mean one thing. This is our anniversary episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 134. Never going to give you up. I'm Marty. I'm Tony. What an appropriate name for this episode. Never going to give you up. Now, I'm just going to say that this is addressed to the people listening and not necessarily each other because that's kind of weird. Yeah, I would think so. But then again, if you Google bromance songs this one did appear this one comes up yeah along with a bunch of other ones or i could have just picked it because people have been trying to get me to rickroll for a <laughs> long time in the guild still hasn't happened thank you very much but one of my favorite comments when i listened to the song when i picked this was i'm probably the only person watching this video because i want to you mentioned rickroll which is the interesting fact about this song and a lot of people know what rickrolled means when there's a link to something and it links to this episode that actually came about i didn't no you actually you didn't until what about a year or so ago yep. when it actually came up on this show and you had never heard of it before never heard of and it. ever since then people have been trying to rickroll you inside the guild that is correct and they've failed they, they haven't done it especially if certain people who I know are trying to get me to rickroll, they're not going to do it. Mm-mm, not going to happen. <laughs> so the, it actually started in about 2007 when various websites, including like an online anti-Scientology group and a Radiohead site, had posted these links that resembled normal click-throughs, offering like, you know, uh, links to another news and stuff like that. But it took them to the 1987 video of Rick Astley singing this song on YouTube. What's funny is, is he was aware of this internet prank, which became known as Rick Rolling, and it resulted in millions of hits for his song on YouTube. And he says it's kind of weird that he's part of that culture that all of a sudden this video from, you know, almost 20 years ago has now popped up and played everywhere. But it's like, hey, it's extra clicks for his video. Right. Now, when did this song come out? Was it in the late? It came out in 1987. 1987. I thought it was when we were, we're dating ourselves here, college. Yes. So I'm trying to remember back. So that puts me 1987. Oh, it was right before I started working at Camelot Music, and I remember the videos and everything. So This yeah. song is 30 years old? Wow. I cannot believe that. So, never going to give you up, meaning hey, it's been five years since we have been making this podcast, and it's been a great five years, and one of the things that keeps us going is the people that listens to this show. And for this special episode, Tony and I are actually sitting face-to-face and recording. That's right, because my studio is currently in boxes. <laughs> That's right. So if you happen to hear some echo in this recording, it's because Tony and I are not sitting in our usual little studio spaces, so we apologize for that. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why the remote recording in your basement where we play games, we can't put in some soundproofing. Whatever happened, you know, I understand you went to an incredible recording area in the basement of someone else's place. You're talking about Jamie from The Secret Cabal. Well, yes, we didn't have to give him episode. credit. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing is, Jamie has a nice space, but he has this one room that has all this sound dampening cloth material around the room. Uh, we're sitting in a pretty large space right now. I don't think Vanessa would be crazy about moving blankets being hung up or or foam being hung up all over the walls. I got you some moving blankets. Maybe I'll take you up on some of those. I got and maybe you I'll another space and, and, and record in. But it is so festive down here. Vanessa, as always, has gone out for the uh, holiday season. I mean, we've got four or five trees down. No, I'm counting three trees that I can see just sitting here. That's three of the 14. Three. Oh my. That's and you know how many I got up? <laughs> well, none, because you're in the process of moving. Yeah, that's right. Mine's currently in a storage unit. By the way, if anybody would like a nine-foot Fraser fur, you let me know. I might be able to hook you up there. It's not self-lit, so I'm so happy I'm not running lights this year. So happy. People, uh, you heard correctly. That's 14 trees. And I just want to give you a clarification for a tree to be counted in this house, and this is Vanessa's rules, my wife, is that it must be at least five foot, and it has to be decorated. So five years ago, how many trees did you have? I don't remember. It seems like we add one every year. So let's say nine. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like one is added every year. I mean, I'm liking. I've got a Looney Tunes tree here, and I've got a Star Wars tree. I got no idea what the tree is in the guest bedroom is where I get to spend while I'm between houses or things like that. I don't know what that one is. It's white. I know that. What is that? What's that tree? The reindeer tree or something? Uh, like that? that is our Uncanny Valley tree. What is that? So there's all these. You know what the term Uncanny Valley is? No, that's why I asked. What is that? All right, I'm going to tell you, and I'm just going to read the definition because it, it would make more sense than me trying to explain it. The concept of Uncanny Valley suggests that humanoid objects, which appear almost but not exactly like real humans, elicit uncanny or strangely familiar feelings and eeriness. So on that tree are these really old uh, homemade ornaments and ornaments from a long time ago where they have weird looking eyes and it's just creepy kind of looking. Thing. You know, did you ever watch Polar Express? You know how everybody's yes. talked about in those movies where the, the animation, the eyes look weird? Yes. Uncanny Valley. Okay. That's like there's something humanoid about it, but it's eerie. Or gives you that eerie feeling, kind of like a game we're going to talk about tonight. Fog of love. <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. Which also happens to kind of fit the title of this episode, Never Going to Give You Up. Because, yes, uh, Tony and I played Fog of Love, and uh, that was interesting. Uh, yes, it was very interesting. From the standpoint of just some of the cards, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But five years. I gave us six months. We're at five he years. He did. I don't know if that's on a recording somewhere. I think it's probably somewhere in the shows. It's like, this is still going on. And you and you honestly thought this would be only six months. And here six we are, months. five years down the road. And uh, we're still, still going strong. I mean, what was going on five years ago? What, what were some of the big things happening? When I went back and looked at some information from uh, 2012, I pulled up some, a lot of pop culture stuff. We tend to talk about pop culture yeah. things here, especially like movies. So mm. the top movies from 2012, this is U.S. grossing, was Avengers. I can't believe that movie's five years old. I can. Dark Knight Rises. Just watched that the other night. <laughs> Compared to the second one. It's okay, well, there, no one can beat the Joker. No, they can't. And then Hunger Games. It was the first of the Hunger Games, which obviously started a series uh, that came out over the next several years. So there's your top movies from 2012. 
Avengers is always and probably forever be my favorite one uh, of the entire series. Have you? Uh, what's your second then? Come back to me on that while I play it through my mind because there's a lot. Uh, probably Iron Man. Iron Man, the first one. Iron Man, first Iron that, Man. I mean, that's a it was a great way to, to kick it off. Up there for me is Winter Soldier's up there for me. The first Guardians I really enjoyed. The last Thor I really enjoyed too. Speaking of which, I just went and saw Justice League. We took a break from packing and, well, okay, go back to episode number one thirty three yes. and just whatever Marty was saying. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with. We're not going to belabor the point. So, I mean, it just didn't blow your socks off, or or what was it? Uh, let's see. Donna fell asleep. Really? In the theater? In the theater. I had to wake her up. Um, she fell asleep for about 10 minutes, I think. It was during uh, w- one of the fight scenes. She was like, it would just bored the mess out of me. She was just like, this is just not going. And I don't know why. I mean, it made me chuckle here and there. Okay. Um, but They yeah. were trying to go for that. They were trying to go for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, they achieved it. And I'm just like... Wonder Woman set such a high bar, and mm-hmm. I think that's why. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not going to say anything really, really negative about mm-hmm. it, but I, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed seeing some of the characters. So so wait a minute. Donna didn't stay awake just to see Aquaman? No, she could care less. What? Every woman I know of goes to see JLA and just swoons over that actor. She thought it was just silly. Okay, moving on. Moving so, on. top songs based on Billboard from 2012. Somebody I used to know by Gautier. And you said you didn't know that song? No clue. I know you got Alexa down here, but that's okay. You don't need to play it. No, <laughs> I have, have no reason. No. Hold on. Hold on. I, th- I think you know it. Alexa, play Somebody I Used to Know by Gautier. Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier. Okay, fine. Gautier, Alexa. Jeez. Okay, hurry up, Alexa, get to the chorus. <laughs> Is this thing not smart enough to get to the chorus? Okay, I think I think it's coming back to me. Please stop. Just stop it. Alexa, stop. So, see, you did know it. Yes, yes, I did, and now we'll just move on. <laughs> okay, Call Me Maybe. Oh, yes, definitely know that one. We Are Young. Those are your top three songs. Okay, We, we Are Young, just... It's not ringing. I'm old. Because we years. aren't. We aren't. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why. It. That's it. I got no clue. All right. Top albums from 2012. Now, these I'm sure you've heard of. Wait a minute. Do they still make albums? Well, I mean, a collection of songs. Okay. Maybe not a physical LP. Well, I mean, vinyl is everywhere now. Well, yeah. Look, over here, I have a record player in my basement and a stack of albums. And my sons love going back into to record stores like used stores and buying albums and coming down here and play them on the uh, stereo. Well, I just gave away a bunch of 45s. If you could find the little... Do they still make the little discs that go in the 45s? Uh, there's a little adapter inside this thing. Okay. So that you don't have to put the little disc where you popped it in? No, no, it's just a little dab. No. Even when I was growing up, you didn't have to put the little disc in. Oh, I did. There was a little ring that sat over the center. People were like, what are y'all talking about? So with record players, there were the big albums, and then there were the little 45s, and the little 45s had a bigger hole, and you had to put a little plastic cap mm-hmm. in the hole so it spit, uh, fit over the spindle where you put the record on. But some of the fancy record players had the little thing from the bottom that would that would come up from the bottom of the spindle and just slide it right over top of it. See, you have fancy. I didn't have fancy. Okay, well, it wasn't that great. Okay, top albums of 2012. 21 by Adele. Okay, yeah. You you know Adele. I know Adele. (laughs) Christmas by Michael Bublé, which 
people are probably going to turn on their radio right now since it's the Christmas season and hear songs from that album. Yes. And then uh, Take Care from Drake. Sure. Love the Drake. Okay, good. Love the Drake. I don't know the Drake. The Drake okay. isn't that a dragon? So, Tony, that, uh, for everybody out there, that reference just went straight over Tony's head. So, after you hear this, go to our guild at 1589. That's guild 1589. And tell him the reference of Love the Drake, where that's from. And I'm sure there's people out there that know it. And they're probably like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Top new television shows from 2012. These are shows that premiered in 2012. Include Arrow, okay. which I used to love. Never and saw. It, and then it went downhill, and I stopped watching. Uh, Longmire on A&E, which I've heard is good, but never watched. Never watched And it. Scandal on ABC. Started it, stopped it. <laughs> okay. Well, it's on the wrong channel for you. It's not uh, It's not CBS. CBS. It's not CBS. Yeah, we, we watched Scandal. We enjoyed the first season, stopped in the second season. Oh, there you go. Now, probably more important, since this is a board game podcast, which people are probably surprised at. Uh, top games based on BGG rating that came out in 2012. Okay. Number one, Terra Mystica. You one of your faves. It is one of my faves, and it's kind of appropriate that it was in the first year that we started recording. Next, War of the Rings Second Edition, which we still haven't played. Which I had the nice Uber Collector's Edition sitting over there yet to be played, which right. I, I can't wait to play sometime. Robinson Crusoe, which just came out the Second Edition, one of my faves, especially now, which Zul- we're going to talk about. Yes, Zulkin. Never played. I did, and then I sold it because I just didn't get it to the table a lot. And then a game that you and I were obsessed with for about two years, Netrunner. Netrunner, man. Yeah, that's all we talked about for the first year on this podcast. It was, and it's actually one of the things that may have actually driven us to start the podcast because it like had that resurgence of us getting together, uh, collecting cards, and, and playing the games like we used to with The Lord of the Rings. I just thought it was so that you could fill your time in the evenings. Well, yeah, and it's still and filling before, time before you're recording and editing and all that other stuff. So you know, I mean, that's that's what was going on five years ago. But what's amazing is how much just the industry itself has changed. Yes, and I sent you an article that was uh, came out on ICV two. It was interviewed uh, Christian Peterson, mm-hmm. who's the head of Asmodee North America, and he was just talking about how the the um, the landscape is different. And he actually made reference, you know, five years ago, it was like this. One of the big things was, he says, when he first got into this hobby, he said he could go into a game store and there were empty shelves everywhere. He said there was plenty of space for new games to come out. But what's happened recently is that there are more games coming out than the people are coming into the hobby. And so now games are fighting for shelf space and actually games are finding a hard time to even catch a foothold, even good ones. I can see that. I mean, games are fighting for shelf space in your personal collections now. It's very hard for them to even stay on your shelves. I mean, you've got to figure out which ones do I want to put there. You just can't, you don't have infinite room. You don't have infinite time to play that. So I can see that. I mean, five years ago, you and I were always in Netrunner. I mean, we didn't have this kind of, well, what's now out? What's coming out right. now? So five years ago, we were like, oh, oh, cool, a new expansion pack for Netrunner. I got $15 to plop down. Now it's like, oh, man. Or, or it was the fact that we were still pulling out the Evergreen titles. The Evergreens mean the one that... Puerto Rico! Yeah, Puerto Rico, or Ticket to Ride for you. Oh, I mean... So good. It was just one of those things that we just always pull it off the shelf and play. In fact, I have a quote here where he kind of referenced something like that. He said, I've heard also from many sources in the industry that the tale of games... T-A-I-L, has been affected to where it's becoming kind of a boom and bust mentality. A game comes out. 
if it doesn't hit in the first two weeks, it's done and you move on. When in years past, games had a little bit more time to find their feet and take root with an audience. And we are totally seeing that, Tony. Yeah. When a game comes out, literally, it's probably two to three weeks. If that game's not seen all over uh, YouTube or seen all over BGG or on the hotness, it will just fade to obscurity, even if it's a really good game. Yeah, and, or not even get picked up. I mean, talk about Gentis. If we hadn't received a copy, it would have gone. We would have never seen. And for us, that was such a good game. Mm -hmm. And luckily, it has picked up a publisher publisher Mm -hmm. and a groundswell that goes with it. But you're absolutely right. There's just so much out there. And I mean, even when you listen to uh, like Steven and Ignacy on on their podcast, they talk about just how many games that they're coming out and what they're having to do to battle to get the games out there for people to see. And at Essen, was it God, over a th- thousands, over a thousand games, new titles came out? How many of those will stick? Right. 15 to 20? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. A- and a year from now, those 15 to 20 may be collecting dust on the shelf somewhere. So it's when we first started into this, like you said, it was easy to find a game and people be playing it for months and months and months. And, and maybe that's why there's a big interest in push for legacy style games because it forces you to kind of get the same game to the table over and over. Yeah. And I think a lot of what I'm experiencing is with my wife, she will always go back to her phase of Ticket to Ride, Pandemic, and and Catan, mostly because she's tired of trying to learn new games. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with this article. Fine. But to be honest, five years ago when we got into it, these were the games I taught her. These are the games that she remembers. And she's constantly saying, I'm like, well, it's like, and she goes, if it's like, why can't I play the original? <laughs> I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> I try to, but I, it's, I'm, it's useless for me. I'm not going to win that argument. And I'm like, you know, you're absolutely right. And so for us, it's definitely been a big change as far as just the show goes, because it was so easy to... We have a couple games to choose from. We could get those out. We could talk about them and everything. And now it's just new games constantly that we can't even keep up. So you and I, for the content of this show, are kind of having to just kind of pick and choose. These are the games we really want to talk about, and that's the ones that we cover. Yeah, spend our money on and talk about. These yeah, are the ones. exactly. I mean, sometimes we get review copies, and then sometimes we actually pay money on stuff that, you know, it's like, yeah, we just want to check this out. And that's kind of how we, we've gotten to the point here. Yeah, or sometimes we'll just go to somebody's house and borrow them off the shelf and <laughs> yes. leave a promissory yeah. note. You know, like, hey, Mark, I'm going to borrow this. Mark, are you in the room? Oh, well, he won't notice. He's, he's got all that. I can, I can just, it's kind of like you. I peruse yourselves over there and I try to decide which games I'm going to take off yourself like you're going to notice it. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you came right here, can I borrow this? Well, yeah, sure, because I, I probably won't get it played or, or play it. Which reminds me, Azul. Yeah, you want to borrow it? Of course. Well, yeah, it's right over there. Okay. Well, you can take it. That's a a great game. And it's probably one of those reasons, too. It's because of the games that we want to pick and play and and talk about. It's like we don't have a lot of games. It's like that was just really bad Mm -hmm. because we're so picky now about the games that you and I want to play and talk about on the show that we probably have at least enough of an interest each play it maybe it's not a favorite game of ours but it's nothing that's probably just going to just stink like fish this is yes I would and agree. it's because we've spent five years and we could probably look at a game and realize this is something i'll probably like this is something i probably won't like yeah but to, to your point about stink like fish i think with all these games coming out the thousand games that are coming out publishers realize that hey they can't let a single stink like fish hit because that could be the death of them so the game play, the game evolution has really ratcheted up. 
I mean, our, our good buddy Nate, he's probably sitting there. He wants to be a budding designer. He's got to really bring his A game. Well, he is a budding designer. He released uh, uh, Sunday Split, which is a, very popular with Renegade Games. And I think that's a tough space to get into. How many party games come out a year? I don't know. I'm not I'm not a party. Well, animal. I mean, I know, but I'm just saying, but there, there's all these, you know, 15 to $25 games that are constantly coming out that are having to compete with each other. That's why it's 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 great that somebody like Nate was able to find a little twist in a, in a in a game or a genre to you know get some people interested in because he's having to compete against all these other games that are coming out with the same style of gameplay speaking of sunday split we got to play another game we're going to talk about called pie town because we're all about food here now that is <laughs> over the past five years uh, the integration of food has happened uh, more and more we went you know from five years ago uh, hey we're a podcast and and we're going to try to introduce people to this hobby and how it works too it's like let's share some recipes on on stuff that we've uh, had a chance to, to eat and everything like that the, the moon pies got attached to us several years ago and we've you know we kind of kind of associated with that and uh, we we both love our food and it's kind of become an integral part of the show. Yes, I remember, you know, our interview with Rob Davia, some of the great episodes that we've had in the past with Rob and Matt and then Rob again when he came on and started talking about steaks and that was just so good and somehow we always try to bring that in with any of the designers that we've had on. Ignacy has been on numerous times mm -hmm. in the past five years. Yeah, we've been privileged to have a lot of designers on the show. I mean, Eric Lang's come on the show and it does. I don't know if we've talked to Eric about food. I yes. Think I'm sure we talked about Eric. Well, I, know, I talked to Eric about music. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, 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 Eric is a heavy metal guy. He plays guitar and stuff like that. So he and I like to get together and, and chat about music. But yeah, uh, Rob has all these great ideas about uh, the grilling and stuff. He's the one that told us about the, was it the reverse sear? Yes. Uh, for steak, which I've still yet to do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and in fact, with the pie town that we're getting ready to talk about... Vanessa, my wife, uh, sat in and played with us so we could have a three-player game of this. And she said, I will play Pie Town with you guys on one condition. And that condition was? She said that I want you and I to make our own homemade pies and we eat those pies while we play Pie Town. Heck yeah, that's something that, I, that, that I'll do. If, it's, if that's easy, I thought she was going to say, you know, I got to go like, you know, repaint a room or clean up the garage or something like that. So I can handle this. So uh, she and I had a great time looking through recipes and stuff like that, trying to find something uh, to make, but it was supposed to be a secret. Okay. So I did go the easy route. I was going to go look for something that was not a fruity pie. I didn't want a fruity pie pie. I understand. Um, I wanted something else. And I found this thing and I tried it out. It's called the gooey chocolate chip cookie pie that turned out pretty darn good. It was good. It's yeah, like, you did good. It's like a thick uh, chocolate chip I something about cookie. you. <laughs> Well, you, you can actually use an oven. I'm proud of okay, you. Okay, it really wasn't that hard. I mean, I did have to use a, a blender, a mixer, a okay. handheld mixer. So uh -huh. I had to whip some eggs together for three minutes and get them all foamy and then add all the ingredients and everything. But it turned out well. But Vanessa's the one. She was like, no, I'm going to make my own homemade concoction. Mm -hmm. So she came up with the idea, this idea that she calls her moon pie pie or moon pie squared pie are around pie are not squared <laughs> that's right she took these moon pies and pulled them apart and put a bottom layer of moon pie on the bottom then kind of came up with this peanut butter concoction mm -hmm. uh, like this filling to put in the middle then put the top of the moon pies then put a melted or some sort of chocolate on top and then put right. it in the refrigerator where the chocolate hardened it was like an eclair type it was an eclair type, of, yeah 
Very, that was very, good. Very moussey um, peanut butter. Moussey. Yeah, that's what the consistency was. But for her just to kind of come up with that on a whim, it was pretty darn good. Yes. Some of my favorite shows are on the Food Network. And <laughs> I enjoy that. I mean, I went to um, what was an Improper Pig here in Charlotte recently, which was on Triple D with old guy himself. He was on that show. Triple D meaning? Uh, yeah, that too. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Thank you. Did I get the name right? I always, always throw them around. Fred, That's why I call him Triple D. That show. That show. So I tried, and I said, well, Donna, we're going to get the kale chips. Okay. How were they? They were interesting. I mean, it was like eating cotton candy kale. They had a, a kind of a very spicy... Uh, mix on them okay. but when you would bite into them it was like a chip but they were they dissolved so you were eating kale with the spicy seasoning to it and then three hours later you were still eating kale as you were burping <laughs> i'm just telling you it hung so, with you so, so you get to taste it and then taste it again yeah, later again exactly kind of like which we'll mention here when you eat asparagus, you get to smell it later. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, thank you, you, you to the pegs for having us on. <laughs> yes, I think that's a call back to uh, uh, us being on the Blue Peg, Pink Peg show. We recorded our last episode a day before we went on their episode. And uh, thank you so much for having on. And Tony closed out the show with the words, Asparagus P. And to get the context to that, just go listen to the show. It will make sense in the scope of the show once you hear that asparagus P. And you go, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah. And, and I mean, I've, I appreciate them having us on. We did everything we could to derail them, to throw them I, off. I think you derailed Rob a little bit. I think Rob was getting a little bit frustrated that we kept going off on these tangents of food. And we even got, oh, was it uh, Patrick or Christina to ask us our favorite flavor of Dorito? Like out of left field. And Rob's like, what is going on? So I uh, appreciate them having us on, which are the squirrel moments. Over five years, we have had many squirrel moments where we suddenly, start talking and I don't know what the first one is I remember one of my first squirrel moments where I talked about getting carded for buying spray paint at Walmart <laughs> yep. that was you know one of the first ones I think we threw in there and they dwelled into something else that came up the flying squirrel segment so over five years we've latched on the moon pies the squirrel theme along with you know just having we had a squirrel shirt um, made up at um, a years ago, couple yeah. years ago so we've had all that going on so for five years we have been Slowly developing something here. <laughs> Not sure what, but we've been developing it. Another five years, maybe we'll finally about get there. We might figure out a business plan here. Then again, <laughs> maybe we won't. So, I mean, we've had some moments on here. We've had flushes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's famous uh, flush that we had. Gosh, that was year uh, one or two, wasn't yeah, it? Was it? Mr. Gibbs had the flush. and Who was actually designed our, our uh, first logo. Uh, yeah, he was had him on, and it was the famous. There was a toilet flush in the background that, uh, for anybody who listens to the show, you may not know. I I edit meticulously. I yes, will, he does. I try to get get out coughs and and burps and scratches and thumps and stuff. Well, this was one I could not remove because something important was being said mm -hmm. as the toilet was being flushed. It's like, well, I guess it's going to have to stay there. And you wouldn't even ignore it. You had to say something about it. I was going to keep going, but no. Well, it was there. You couldn't ignore the flush. I, I mean, you heard it, and then you think, is this guy sitting on the toilet being interviewed? Hey, wait a minute. Maybe that's a new interview segment. Interviews no. from the bathroom. 
No, I think that's been done somewhere. I'm sure you can see many, many, many <laughs> YouTubes. And I mean, we've also had our wives on. We've mm -hmm. had them come on uh, twice, three, four times. Maybe Vanessa's been on more than Donna, and they have supported us over this uh, five years. Matter of fact, I think they've come. Well, I know Donna has, and I love you, baby. And I really do appreciate you letting me do this. So um, thank you so much for that. And it sounds like we're doing a goodbye show. I'm kind of liking this. <laughs> You're kind of liking this. <laughs> Swan song going there on. There it is. I mean, the 100th episode was incredible if you, if, if you if you people and that's not, that's not the right way to say that if all of you have yet to listen to the 100th episode please go check it out we got to do that gosh i guess it was a little over a year ago where we had some of our, our our best friends who are also media creators come on and do a game show and it was uh, just a blast. We also introduced several years ago our Squirrelies, which Tony and I are actually getting ready to start into in the next few weeks is determining what's going to be our Squirrely uh, awards and nominations for this year. So that's our big award show uh, that's going on. We've had uh, uh, special segments, recurring segments. Tony, you mentioned the squirrels. We had the, the Scurry Report where yeah, we got a couple of our friends, uh, Mark Kell and Nate Bivens, to start this year. And the whole idea of that was these guys, are really into gaming they're into designing and stuff and it's really interesting to hear from a, a point of aspect of these guys have been gaming for years and looking at designs of games how games how they approach the games and what they think about them yeah we've had chit chat and we're still working on trying to get um Mandy and Sue's back on. And, but they uh, won't return our calls because now they're on the Dice Tower and supposedly they have people that we have to go through now. Is and, that it? Yeah, I think it is. We can't contact them directly anymore. I think there's a person that works for them that we must contact and, oh, okay. and then they okay. pass our information on to them. And it was yes. like, you know, hey, can I talk to Mandy and Sue's? And then they put us on hold. And meanwhile, there's like an intercom system over the Dice Tower. And it's like, uh, Marty and Tony on the phone. It's like, tell them I'm not here. But we got to move on. We do have to move on. And it's moving on as in trying to get better and and have some changes around here to, to keep us growing into in the next Okay, changes years. are good, better, maybe not. <laughs> yes, I mean, <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think the um, logo, Marty, it served us well. It has. Uh, we've had our same logo, again, designed by a good friend, Steve Gibbs, for five years. Mm -hmm. And that logo was designed with the concept of something that we thought the show was going to be. And over the course of five years, and, and it's, a, it's thanks to a lot of the people who listen to the show, who give us feedback, who answer our annual surveys about things they like and dislike about the show that we've really spent a lot of time listening to you and tweaking to make this show something that we hope is fun and enjoyable to listen to. Now, we're a cruise ship. We're not going to turn fast. We're going to turn slow. But we have finally done it. In this episode, we'd like to introduce to you the brand new Rolling Dice and Taking Names logo. It looks incredible. Yes, it does. And again, with change, people may like, I don't know about this, but this is something Tony and I have been working on 
since the spring. Yes. Because we, we have no talent. It takes us that <laughs> no, long. No. Yeah, this this is definitely not from us. We wanted something that was fun, that kind of encompassed the show, that looked like it was kind of whimsical and fun. And so the idea came of, like, you know, this the squirrel thingy is in so many places. Well, I mean, our, the squirrel shirt was so successful. The, for yes, it. it was. It was way more successful than our regular logo shirt. Mm-hmm. And that's where the idea kind of came from. And if you haven't seen it, it, it's a squirrel that's sitting on the crescent moon, and he's kind of he's fat because he's been eating too many moon pies, and, and people just really uh, were attracted to that. Well, that logo was actually uh, like a public image. It wasn't something we can own or, or sell or anything like that, so we had to make our own. And so we actually uh, wanted to come up with something that in, in, incorporated a, a squirrel, maybe had like a sports logo look to it with a with a, like a circular look to a lot of, uh, you know, minor league sports have a lot of really cool looking mm-hmm. logos and everything. That was kind of where the idea came from. So we approached one of our good friends, a graphic designer, Susan Collins, who was here in Charlotte, and we worked with her and she kind of worked on a graphic design for us. She gave us the idea. She got us started. Mm-hmm. She got the ball rolling because without her, other than us talking about, well, this is kind of what we want, there would have been no artistic capability there. And so Suzanne worked and she tweaked and she changed this, she changed that, and she gave us the idea. She said, what do you think, guys? And we were like, we love it. That's that's where we're going. And so there was the idea of a concept of this animated, like a Looney Tunes or fun type squirrel in the middle. And so we wanted to really then focus on that. And this is where I was so excited. On a whim, I just took a chance and contacted game artist Fernanda Suarez, who's known for her art in Dead of Winter who's on for, known for her incredible art in the Ashes card game. Every card in that game is drawn by her. I, I love her artistic abilities, the way things look. I, we reached out to her, Tony, who she lives in Peru, I believe. And uh, I said, would you have any interest in possibly drawing the, a squirrel mm-hmm. mascot for us? And without hesitation, she said she'd love to. And we were so giddy. Yes, and so, so she took Suzanne's initial concepts, yep. gave it the artistic touch. Well, basically, if Suzanne was the graphic artist, then she was the illustrator. Okay. Uh, you know, she, Is that how that works? I, I don't know. We're probably using the wrong terms, but she's the one that drew the squirrel. So the, the squirrel is, is directly from Fernand. She says, I never get to draw animals. So I'm excited about drawing animals because typically she draws uh, human beings. Mm-hmm. And so there you go. There's the logo. Boom. <laughs> Go check it out. Buy the t-shirts. Get the mugs. Oh, Come on. <laughs> what? So, so this is about merchandising well, five years know, later. I know it is, but oh, let me finish with the whole logo story. So anyway, she, oh my gosh. she worked. Anyway, it took what? Eight months to finally get this thing finalized. And we we're trying to find the best time and the best way to promote this thing and introduce it. So we thought the fifth anniversary episode would be it. So if you want to go see it, go check out our website. Hopefully by now, Tony has switched over the logo on the website to the new one. Go check out our BGG Guild 1589. We're going to start swapping over the logos there. We also have a secondary logo, Tony, that we're in the process of getting a micro badge designed for. Because people, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go back and read emails. <laughs> because right now we have a, a micro badge that people have been proudly displaying and that is so great yes. everybody has the little uh double meeple die uh, uh micro badge 
but we have a little secondary logo over like an acorn with RDTN that's going to be, we're going to put on dice and as a micro badge, we want to get that design. And you're like, well, great, Marty, I already had this other one. Don't worry. Uh, between Tony and I, we've got a lot of geek gold, I hope. And <laughs> <laughs> remember, if you back BGG, you're going to get a little bonus at the end. Well, yeah, so which BGG is a good plug for BGG at this time. They're doing their backing, which reminds me, I got to click on that yeah, link. Yeah, go, go, yeah, go click at least $15 and you, you'll get yeah. some bonus GG, some geek gold. Uh, so we have a thread out in our guild called Free Micro Badge. Once we get this posted, even if you already have one, come back and say, I want the new one. We'll give you eight geek gold so that you can proudly display. Well, you can display, maybe not proudly, uh, our RDTN uh, secondary logo, which is like this cool little acorn. Again, that was designed by Fernanda. She had this idea of, of like the, the acorn thing, and she, and she came up with that. So it, was, it looks really nice. Can't wait to get it on the website. You got the logo files for me? I do have the logo files. Okay. And in fact, you've already uploaded them to Redbubble, where right now you can go and order a Rolling Dice and Taking Names t-shirt with the brand new logo on it. That's it. For your Christmas pleasures. You can go ahead. <laughs> we don't know if you're going to make it in time, but you can do that. And in, in seriousness, uh, yeah, seriousness. It doesn't matter. We just we're just putting it out there as because we've got to order one. Are you gonna order me one? I'll order you one if you order me one. Okay, consider it done. <laughs> so we got that coming. So also, like I said, we're gonna have some dice that we're gonna make, but we're also really super excited. Within the next week or so, we're gonna have a piece of merchandise that I've been jonesing for for quite a while, Tony. That I yes, wanted, you have. Wanted I'm tired to, of hearing about this. I wanted to wait until we had the new logo before we did it. <laughs> that's right. A nutcracker with the squirrel <laughs> image on it. Dang it. That's actually pretty good. Maybe next year we'll next look towards okay. a nutcracker. Maybe a squirrel cracker with the a squirrel, little, yeah, a squirrel uh-huh. nut. Yeah, there you go. A lot of people have their, their glasses, right? Yes. Uh, you have, you know, uh, Jamie and the Secret Cabal who has their famous Secret Cabal pint glasses and mm-hmm. everything. And Blue Peg, Pink Peg have their glasses. And so... Rawling Brothers, everybody. We, 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 need, we need some, some glassware. And it's like, but everybody does pint glasses and whiskey glasses and little things like that. What can we do that's different? And it was like, well, duh. Bottles. Okay, Maybe not, duh. <laughs> oh, not bottles? Not bottles. I mean, you know, okay, fine. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, baby bottles, that'd be kind of cool. Okay, well, we could probably do baby bottles. Okay, so what kind of did we get? I just saw the invoice come across. What'd you get? What is one thing that is very Southern and a lot of people around here? Whiskey bottles. It is whiskey. Moonshine jugs. Moonshine, you're getting even closer. Moonshiners used to carry a lot of their moonshine in mason jars. Oh. Mason jars are very much a staple thing in the South where people use them not only for canning, but for their moonshine and, shoot, even tea. A lot of people around here just have mason jars that they come out and have a nice, cool glass of iced tea like myself. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to have mason jars with the Rolling Dice and Taking Names logo on the side of the jar, available for purchase, and they will be available very soon. They're in the process of being produced right now. And there will be a link on our website telling you how to do it, and it's going to be a simple Google 
form, not a survey, but a form. You're going to fill it out indicating the number of mason jars you want. Now, of course, all orders must be, you know, we're, we believe that you should have a complete set. So, you know, the minimum you can buy is, <laughs> I'm kidding, the minimum you can buy is one, not six, not 12. However, if you are hosting dinner parties, mm-hmm. you may just want to think about six. I mean, don't go, just don't skimp on one. Or if you've got a good game of RPG going on, you know, everybody should be drinking. And then if you get the color tops, you can buy at Target where you can insert the straw into the mason jars. That Ooh, makes it even yeah. better. Yeah. And see, mason jars have a little bit lower center of gravity because they're fat and lower. They're harder to knock over than regular Which pint Which you should glasses. know all about that. And I do know all about that. Sippy cups. Sippy cups. Now that's it. Maybe we need to look into merchandising the new logo on some sippy cups. But back to it, we'll be a Google form and basically it'll be a PayPal pal, PayPal, PayPal pal. Yes. To the rolling dice, uh, taking names, PayPal account, and then we'll get those shipped out. I'm just so glad they're arriving at Marty so he can organize all that. And we'll just come over and have a big old party. <laughs> yeah, because the minimum number was a lot. And we're going to get that shipment. And Vanessa's going, what did you get? I'm like, uh, so here's the thing. We need people to order these. So they had got to be sitting around the house and taking up a lot of space. And so we'll let you know as soon as they're available for ordering and we get the uh, form set up. Uh, we're trying to come up with the price right now. It won't be bad. Uh, we're trying to keep these as reasonable as possible just to make sure that we cover our cost and make sure that we cover any additional uh, costs that we had for, you know, setup fees and the shipping package. We want to make sure that they're shipped safely. Tony's already actually been looking at some boxes to ship these in to make sure they're packaged. I got tons of boxes right now. They might be a little big, but I got tons (laughs) of boxes. right. One huge box with one little jar inside of it. But you know what? I'm tired of talking about the anniversary. Okay. It's been five years. I mean, you know, this could have been episode zero if we ever put together an episode zero. Do we have to now? No, I don't think so. I think you should be able to cut and t- put this at the beginning, just call this episode zero. Yeah, we probably think. need to. I, I think we would do that. I think it would work well. But to celebrate the fifth episode, this is more important. Be sure to listen throughout the whole episode because mm-hmm. there is a very special contest that we will tell you about later. Shh. Shh. Hush, hush. It will be later in the episode. I'm not even going to put a link to it in the blog. So therefore, you can't just go and scan to it wow. right away. You are That's mean. you got to pay for it. Wow. So as always, there's going to be a contest to celebrate our fifth year, and there will be the survey that's coming out this year. Yes, the standard 10-question survey. That's right. You've got to fill out a survey this year, please. Tell us all about what we do right, wrong, like episode 134 sucked. You're welcome to say that. I don't know. It's going to be so good, man. It's, we are having such a good time producing and doing this show. Oh, you're, you're transitioning to something else? Are you talking about you're going to be so good like it was the survey? Yes. I'm trying to transition to something else. <laughs> <laughs> After five years, you'd think I'd know how to you do a transition. You know how to do this. Look, we talked about a couple games that we're going to be doing. Why don't we just go ahead over here and we'll talk about uh, the game that you and I finished playing and we were... Had some awkward moments in there. A game that's not that's actually available now at Walmart called Fog of Love. Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. That's right, Fog of Love. <laughs> Are you singing it in the song? Fog of Love. That's right. That's right. It's the Fog, fog of Love. love. Hey, you what? had to, in this game, sing. 
That I one. did. One of the cards said sing, and then you respond with what I was singing, and I was hoping you would start singing along with me because I wanted that, that uh, token. Special, special token, like, Yeah, you? and then you didn't do it. You did something else. She was like, well, that was embarrassing. I was like, oh, that's not the one I wanted. So we got this game at Gen Con. They were kind enough to give us a review copy. Now, this was designed by Jacob Jaskoff. I believe I got that correct. He said it a couple times for me, but it's been a few months, and this is by, is it Hush Hush Games, Marty? Hush Hush Projects. Hush Hush Projects, and it's available at Walmart for around $50. It is out now. came out in December. And at the heart of this, this is a co-op game where you... Or, or it can be also competitive. It's it can competitive. Be. You can yeah. win together, or one can win and the other can lose. At the heart of this game, there are destiny cards that determine how you win at the end. And these destiny cards are measuring your happiness that you're tracking on a card. They're measuring these personal traits that are out in the middle of the board where you are placing tokens. And basically on your turn, all you are doing is selecting a card from your hand. They're called scenes. And you're playing that scene and it gives the partner options or you both choose. Like I asked Marty tonight when we were playing Fog of Love. Want to watch an erotic movie with me? (laughs) That was... uh... That was awkward, and obviously my answer was, no, I do not, but it's all these little different scenes like, hey, I just got a haircut, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and then the partner responds, and again, where you're trying to boost uh, uh, certain traits, because you also have secret objective yes. cards, right? They're, they're the destiny cards. cards. There are these trait cards. Oh, the trait cards. That's that right. That you also that you select at the beginning of the game that says at the end of the game I want these certain personality traits, either a positive or negative type of trait, and you're trying to get enough tokens on that side so at the end of the game you get some bonus points. So lots of times you'll put a card out there hoping that they'll answer the question a certain way to boost that type of trait. Yes, and it's going back and forth because if there's the negative side of the trait, it counts against all the positive, and so you're sitting there trying to manipulate that. But some of the traits do want negatives. Yes. Yeah. So I had one. It's, it's, that's yeah. right. Not all of them are positive. So it's very much a role-playing game. Because at the beginning, mm-hmm. you're dead off these traits. And it's like these traits were like, uh, let's see, it was things like... Well, you had long blonde... No, traits. Not not the uh, characteristics. Not the features. Not the features. Yeah, I had features. I had like, uh, like nice yeah. eyes and long blonde, blonde hair. hair. And I was a politician. You also get to pick uh, an, occupa- a, an yeah. occupation too. And the idea is with these traits and your occupation, you're supposed to role-play. And I think that's the core of the game. And I think that if you get this game, you've got to get into the role-playing aspect and you've really got to like a narrative game to really appreciate this game in full. Yes. If you are a gamer's game, you are going to sit there and just like what Marty and I, I guess, digressed in. We kind of digressed as we went because we stopped reading the narratives and instead we're trying to mechanically Mm -hmm. try to make sure that we got the right stats boosted to try to win and we lost the role-playing narrative part of the game. Right, but since we didn't know the traits, I couldn't get you to choose possibly the right choice of between A, B, C, or D. I kind of led you with the card, hoping you would get the right one, one that would not hurt me as negatively as one that could go positive because maybe there were some situations where you'll become more happy. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. And so for me, I mean, I think that's key to this game. You've got to have that partner who wants to role play along with you. Right. And, and the thing is, what's kind of confusing to me is like, do you role play as yourself or do you role play as this person? I think you said you played with Donna and y'all role played as yourselves and that didn't work exactly That did right. not work well. That was bad. So you're supposed to role play as that character. But it was kind of weird you and I playing these and asking these really bizarre questions. <laughs> it's like, 
I'm kind of uncomfortable right now, and I feel like I need to use a safe word or something like that. I think you need to lose weight. <laughs> That's one of them, too. <laughs> uh, well, I deserve, it looks like I'm gaining weight, and you're supposed to answer that in a certain way. This game has uh, several different scenarios you play through. We were like, played one that was called High School Sweethearts, yes. but there are different ones that you can play out through. Over the and we got of engaged. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we did. So we're laughing. We're having a blast talking about it. But I will say this. Not a gamer's game. It's definitely a game. I think that if you want to role play with someone, it's a good game for that. Yeah, I totally agree. It's one of those things you got to go into with a two-player. You sit across from each other. You have some laughs. Maybe learn a bit, a little bit about them. But you got to play that role. You got to be into narrative games. And if you do, I think this is a really cool game. The, the, the components look great. The art looks great. Really high-class stuff. So, again, this is A Fog of Love, and it's available at Walmart today. Five-minute initiative is complete. The Broken Token has been sponsoring Rolling Dice and Taking Names for almost our entire existence. That's right. They've been with us almost from the start. Marty and I can't remember. We think it's four years. That's worth a cowbell, baby. Oh, in the echoey basement. That just hurt my head. But you know what doesn't hurt my head, Marty? <laughs> What's that? When I open a game and I see a broken token organizer, I know that the setup is going to be there for me, especially with the new Betrayal on the House on the Hill organizer that they have come out with. That is going to make setup of that game so much nice. Yes, it will. And if you don't have Betrayal on the House on the Hill, well, they got plenty other game organizers and inserts for plenty of games that are probably on your shelf. They have a great website where you can go and filter by the games that they have or search for a particular game and see if there's an organizer that'll fit the game that you're looking for. Speaking of great games, we know Gloomhaven Second Printing is hitting the stores or hitting the backers right now. Mm -hmm. Broken Token, they got it solved for you. Get out there, take a look at it. That's the Gloomhaven organizer. Or better yet, you want to take another game up a level? Go check out their Pandemic organizer. I know I have one, and it made one of my moving boxes incredibly heavy, but that's okay. Go to thebrokentoken.com. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. Renegade Games has been on a tear this year. One of their latest games is one I was really excited to try. It's called Pie Town. This game is designed by Daniel Frimgen, and at its core, this is a worker placement game that uses dice. But but when you hear about dice in a game that maybe sound like it's a kind of a Euro-y game, you think, oh, no, we're going to be rolling dice, and there's going to be luck involved. There's no rolling of these dice at all. The whole purpose of these dice are they're just different levels of your workers, and you want some high-level workers that can go out and do things for you. Mainly, go out, get you some ingredients, and bake you some pies, Tony. And score victory points! Yay! We get victory points. But you just ruined the whole theme of it. No, well, I'm sorry. I mean, 
we had fun with the game, especially since we got to eat pie. You had to make a pie <laughs> for that. Right. We had two pies that we were playing that we were eating as as we were playing this game. Uh, what you started the game with with two dice that are your workers, and there's different spots on the board you can go do things. There's the orchard. You take your worker, you go out there. Whatever the value of the die is, is how many uh, ingredients you're going to get back, and then you can bring them back. And Tony, you can go and bake those pies. And when you bake those pies, you score victory points. Yay! <laughs> So you got you got you gonna go bake some pies, and when you bake some pies, you put them on a board and say, "Okay, I'm baking them with common ingredients or rare and common ingredients, or I got a secret recipe." The secret recipe. Now, this was there's a deduction element to this game is somewhat of a twist. At the beginning of the game, you have these different types of ingredients. You have common and rare. The rare ones are like strawberries, bananas, and pumpkins. pumpkins yeah. And at the beginning, you pick two common ingredients and one rare, and that's your secret recipe. And they give you this cute little box to put your secret recipe in. And over the course of the game, you're trying to make pies with that secret recipe because they score the highest points. But you don't want people to guess what they are. Because they can then steal your pie recipe. And then score some points by making that exact same pie. Mm -hmm. So when you place a die into the oven, whatever the value of that die is, is how many pies you get to make. So let's say you go out there and you you have one that can make two pies. You present everybody six tokens. And you say, from those six tokens, I'm going to make one recipe and one that's a common, common rare. Now, you don't tell people what the ingredients associated with what pie, but they try to deduce... From that, maybe, well, uh, I see a pumpkin and I see a banana, so that means I know that the strawberries isn't part of his rare. And they actually give you a little board with a, a little wipe-off board with a pen to take notes on. They also, just like in all games, you can unlock additional workers. You can unlock another oven. If you bake pies, you know you get one victory point or you can get two victory points. That's all these upgrades that you can do. Now, when you do an upgrade, your workers drop in their level. Mm -hmm. That's the purpose of you have to build up workers. If the worker goes to the orchard, he gains one back where he increases his work capability. And that's the whole mechanic of leveling up and down your workers because there's the key for me, Marty, in this game is when you go and score your pies, when you place and sell your pies at the marketplace, yes. you are going to get the number of points based on what kind of pie you bake yes. plus the worker level. And that's very important. Also on the board, if you place a worker to sell the pies, you can either clear the column if it's one of the first two spots or clear a row on the bottom. And this is where the rows and baking of pies comes in because you can manipulate the marketplace and force people to have to sell your pies as well. That's what really got to me because there was this one type of pie I wanted to make and I can't remember what combination it was. I think it was maybe common, common, rare or something like that. There's only four slots available in a three-player game and I couldn't make the pies and you people wouldn't sell them. No, And I didn't want to send my worker there to sell your pies because I wouldn't get any victory points. So that part was like, it was really getting on my nerves so I spent my time going to the orchard. I upgraded my storage area so I could hold more ingredients in hopes that you guys would eventually sell so that I can go to my ovens, bake some pies, and generate some victory points. Yeah, and but the worker leveling them up, I like how a higher level worker can gather more resources in the orchard. Now, I was very surprised how quickly we were ramping up the scoring in that. First, it was starting out seven points or, th or four points or whatever, and then suddenly, boom, we're in the hundreds. I'm like, wow. 
Mm-hmm. That happened very quick. It, it did, and the game plays over the course of nine rounds. And in the course of that game, we talked about the secret recipe. And like, if I figured out your secret recipe, Tony, you can actually go to a place on the board, decrease one of the values of your die, and change the secret recipe in your box so I can't make it anymore. And then after nine rounds, at the very end, there's the final round where you try to guess what everybody else and their secret recipes. And if you guess one out of three or two out of three or three or three, you get some additional victory points. And at the very end, the person with the most victory points wins. For me, I think this is a great entry-level type worker placement game. I'm a little concerned about the longevity of it and if something else would replace it. Fun game, but overall, I'm really concerned about how long or how much replayability I would get out of it. For me, you use the term as very prescriptive. It seems like you do these steps. You upgrade this, upgrade this, upgrade this. It seems like a very step, but I think that's great for people who are just getting into worker placement games. I think the theme is great. Something like Gentus will go over somebody's head. The idea of like, I got a worker that needs to go collect stuff, that needs to go bake, that needs to go sell. It makes sense. I love the idea of the workers that have different levels. So for me, I would keep it on my shelves just for teaching people who aren't into gaming a little bit how worker placement games work. And I think they would get it and really enjoy it. That's Pie Town from Renegade Games. Five minute initiative is complete. One of the great friends of our show is Ignacy Chevichek from Portal Games. And Portal Games has been a sponsor of ours for many years, too. And we gave it to the Broken Token. So let's give a cowbell to Portal Games. You want a Tylenol now? I need Advil, yes. That's (laughs) special. But life is never like it's a sunny day on the beach. But if you get the new Robinson Crusoe second edition, you can get that card that's right. Mm-hmm. So I see what I did there. From us. Actually, it was Tony's idea who was complaining that there was no sunny day. But that page. incredible designer, Ignacy, he put it in the game like all of his incredible games. Let's face facts. If you haven't played Robinson, you're missing something. First Martian co-op game out there that Marty and I are still hoping <laughs> that we will win. We know we beat it the first time. But we will see on the second time, see how that goes. Nirishima Hex, still one of our faves. Yes, it is. And there's a new game coming out next year in the Nirishima Hex universe that we can't wait to see. They never rest on their laurels over at Portal Games. So if you want to make sure you keep up what's going on, go make sure to uh, join up uh, to their, uh, subscribe to their newsletter, follow on their website at portalgames.pl, and make sure to follow their YouTube page where Ignacy is constantly making videos. And if you go check out, I think it was the past three videos, just go back three videos, you could see angry Ignacy, or he said he was angry. I don't know. I can't imagine Ignacy ever being angry. Just give him a cookie. He'll be fine. We've made you sit through this long enough. We talked about and teased the contest earlier in the episode. As Tony said, to enter this contest, it's going to be really easy. Just please go fill out our survey, which is only going to be, what, Tony, 10 easy questions, right? 10 easy don't questions. Don't write an essay or anything like that. Because uh, I don't want to read it. <laughs> I mean, I do incredible surveys over on the Gill. One choice only, one choice only, Masili. That's all you need. You may have to pick up a couple multiple boxes on certain ones. Like, for some odd reason, Marty always wants to know, where would you download our episode from? What did you hear from us? I don't know why. You want me to put that question in again? Well, yeah. It should be. We need to know where people are coming from to make sure it's supported. Fine. Whatever. I'll do it. 
That's one. Hey, that's one less question I got to write. That's right. And uh, also, if you want another entry into the contest, just go and join our guild. That's it. Go to guild 1589 or just search for our name, Rolling Dice and Taking Names. And in the upper right hand corner, there's Join Guild. Click it and you've got an automatic entry into this contest. And Tony, people are going to want to be a part of this contest because what are they going to win? That's right. You're going to win a copy of Fog of No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not giving away my copy of Fog of Love. Uh, no, this is a therapy copy. Between uh, your marriage and my marriage, we can use this, and it's a lot cheaper than going to therapy. Yes, exactly. I, could you imagine me playing that question with Donna? You want to watch an erotica movie with me? I yeah, you see. may be surprised what she says. Uh, uh, no. no. Anyway, okay. that's right. They are going to love this. Our good buddies. Okay, I guess buddies over at Fun Again, but our, definitely our good buddy, yes. Nick, is hooking you people up. He's going to hook you up, and then you can order a whole bunch of games on this contest. You know, on our 100th episode, Nick hooked us up with a $100 gift card. That's correct. But he did a little bit better this time. What he did is, Nick, would you like to sponsor a contest for our fifth anniversary? Of course. He said, of course I do. Here, here's a code for Two hundred dollars. That's it. If you people are not running over to do the survey right now, joining the guild, what up with that? What's wrong with you? It's easy. You you just get a code that'll dump two hundred dollars into your account over funagain.com that you can just use anytime you want. Think of all the games you can get with two hundred bucks. Or the one game. <laughs> what one game's two hundred dollars? Uh, what was that one he was running special on War Beast or War? There was oh, this, I don't know. Okay, there probably is a two hundred dollar game. But anyway, think about all the puzzles you can get. Our Funko items. Yeah, yeah. you get our little Funko dudes. There was one puzzle. I want this puzzle. It's an atlas of the world, kind of like a. It was like three thousand pieces. Wow. Yeah, wow. I wouldn't spend my two hundred dollars on that. But look, you can spend your two hundred dollars on whatever you want. Again, all you got to do, fill out the survey. We got a link in the blog, or that's one entry, or just join the guild. That's the even easier entry. And we'll just randomly pick. This contest will close January 1st. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good to me. I got to remember that. January 1st, it's on the calendar. January 1st, you've got till then. So that means the survey is going to run from. Now, <laughs> now, to January first. That's your. So what I'm hearing you say is you need to take time from your festivities, whatever you're doing over the next two weeks, and get in this contest. You need to fill out a survey and join a guild. Can you do that? Do not get distracted. Do not get all tied up in this holiday festivities. You need to get over to the guild. You need to fill out a survey because it's going to close quick. Yes, it will. So again, $200 gift card to fun again. Thank you for all those that do provide feedback. It does make a difference. Tony and I look at each one of these surveys. It does help us tweak things. This is how the whole five-minute initiative came about, Tony. People said, we don't want to hear about rules we really don't care about opponent components. Just tell us what you think about the game. And, I, and we're still working on that. And we said, <laughs> well, maybe we, then we only need to talk about this for like three or four minutes. So that's how we came with the five-minute initiative. That's why most of our reviews are in that length because you said, just give us your thoughts quick, whether you like it or not, because it's just our opinion. 
You know, we're just giving our opinion. It's not like whether you should buy it or not. We hope we can just give you enough about the game so that you can make an informed decision. Maybe you want to go research it some more, learn how to play it, but at least we'll give you our thoughts on it. So those surveys do make a difference. You've told us that more designers, less publishers. So we've tried to honor that, try to get some more incredible, talented designers to come on and talk about uh, the games they design and the processes they go through. I thought the five minute was because of my attention span. It probably was because as I okay. was sitting here talking to you, I could tell you your eyes were, were glazing over uh, right yeah, there. Well, man, I'm just like five minutes about as long as I can hold it. That's it. I'm done with that. Unless it's a game that really, you know, oh yeah, that's a good one. Then I need to spend a little time about that, like Gentis. Why is that game still coming? I want to play that game. Go, go, go get that game. We're going to need to go play yeah, that game. Yeah, we might get a game. But remember, it's going to be the cool deluxe version coming out from TMG and Kickstarter. Ooh. Hey, I can't wait to see what that looks oh, like. Oh, I can't wait to back that. But I do want to throw some... Okay, shade is bad. Throw some love is good, right? Throwing love sounds good. Okay. So, oh, giving love. Want to give some love to Nick over at Fun Again and being our, our sponsor. Want to take a little moment here because... Do you want to give him a cowbell? Nick gets a cowbell? I think Nick... Needs a, a big old cowbell. Here's your cowbell! I don't know if you know this, Mark, but Nick has been fulfilling not only his sell orders over the Thanksgiving holiday, mm-hmm. but he has been putting out over 7,000 Gloomhaven orders Jeez. at the same time. So he's been busy. Yeah, so the fun again is the fulfillment facility for the uh, latest edition of Gloomhaven. Yeah, so I know everybody's jonesing for their Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. I know that. But think about that. 7,000. I can't wait to see you fill out the um, mason jar orders that are coming in. I, could you only imagine going doing 7,000 mason jar orders? That would be cool, but I know I can't imagine that. And he's been running over the holidays. He ran three special sales over there at this site. He does his SM Mule service, which we got in our Montana game. Mm-hmm. We got in Merlin. And we got in clans of Sidonia. Sure. Sidonia. It's, it's laying down over there. I can't <laughs> see that. But he's had that as well. And then he does that 35% off weekly special. Ex Libris was on there recently. But we do want to say a big thank you to Nick for um, being our other third sponsor, our third sponsor for Rolling Dice and Taking Names and helping us along and being the guy who says, hey, guys, I think you should really look into this game. He does. Give he does us a, that. In mm-hmm. fact, he's the one that turned us on to Gentis. That's right. He's the one. Guys, you might want to check this out. I just uh, wish West we of Africa. earlier. And West of Africa, he's the one that turns on that too. So uh, big thanks to Fun Again. Yeah, I, things are going all, on all over this industry, Tony. I mean, you know, we talked about earlier how all these games that are coming out that people can't keep up with. What's amazing is there's so many of these different types of things that are bouncing back. Did you see about this where the latest Dungeons and Dragons Dragon's book, Xanathar's Guide to Everything, was number one on the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list. Number one, a D&D book. I didn't know they still did uh, books number one. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you still printed books. Is there not two surprises to this? Number one, that it's number one. Number two, it's on the nonfiction list. Oh, nonfiction list? Xanathar's Guide to Everything. It's on the nonfiction list. And people are like, why? I guess because it's a guide to how to play D&D. Okay. So I would not have guessed that. But that is really cool. And, and also the fact that since it's been released, it's the fastest selling D&D book in its 43-year history. Mm. It's like a resurgence of this game. Another resurgence. 
You know, I've talked about Games Workshop in the past and how it's coming. Oh, around. good gosh. No, listen to me. Listen to me. Oh, I thought you were. Are you going to do Shadespire again? The Shadespire is sitting right over there. We can play. Are you going to talk about this again? The point of sales have increased over 53% in the past year, and their stock has gone up 174%. How much did you invest? Like I did with Bitcoin Zero. Okay. No, but what I'm saying is, is we talked about this industry and how much has changed mm-hmm. over the five years. Five years ago, D&D 4th Edition was... It was, yeah. Nobody was playing it. It was all Pathfinder. Games Workshop was hurting. Remember, Privateer Press was the thing. And in five years, it's amazing just how things can change. And I can't wait to see what happens five years from now. And I hope that we're still sitting here across from each other and still doing our are te- doing our tenure episode. You know what would happen in another five years from now? What's that? We would actually start thinking about retirement because I think we start becoming eligible for various free things at that age. <laughs> I know we get discounted yeah. coffee. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. We might even, I don't well, know. When do senior tickets start at the movies? You no, know we need to do. We need to contact Nick at Fun again and ask him when does the, the senior, senior discount, discount begin? <laughs> that's it. We can do that. I'm all for the senior get discount. Get 5% all, all your orders for all seniors. Yeah, I mean, the diamond level, the, you know, I forget yeah. what the senior tees and golf. the senior level, yeah. It's, the senior. Like, it's just like the uh, blue plate special. If you order between five and six every day, you get a special discount. I can embrace the age. Yes, five years from now, I hope to be sitting here. You know what I hope to be doing in 2018? What's that? Well, f- first off, we're going to take a little break. Yes, we are. Uh, this is typically where we'll take off one episode at the end of the year, and mainly it's for Tony and I kind of just recharge our batteries, kind of reset things, look at the surveys, but also start hard and heavy on the squirrely episode. But yes, we will be taking a break. But in 2018, I hope we'll get a game of role playing in. You just mentioned it. Oh my gosh. See, you're just teasing me now. I That's see right. you're teasing me. So I think in the fog of love, we need a question like, hey, you want to play a role playing game with me? <laughs> <laughs> like, there might be one. I don't, we just, just haven't seen you're it. You're just teasing me because it's, you've been teasing that all year and it hasn't happened. I would love to. Okay. We'll make, well, 2018, that's the year. We're going to make that happen. My game topper is going to be there. We're going to make it at the new house. We are going to have a blast. We're going to sit down. We're going to invite everybody over. We might have Skype some people in, give us a full episode or a full um, RPG event, but we are going to make it happen. That will be my New Year's resolution. Well, that that would be great. I hope so. I hope it will work. Before we close out here, I just want to thank everybody for the five years that you've been listening to the show. Whether you're, you've been listening for five years, whether you've been listening for two episodes, we just appreciate all those that support us, that communicate with us. That's the main thing about this show for us. It's opened up doors that we never would have had to talk to some great people like yourselves and to designers and publishers and other content creators. And uh, Tony, it has been a pleasure doing this for five years. There's nobody else I would rather do this with. Um, It's been, he and I, like I said, we've been friends for, gosh, Thirty years. Yes, it's been about thirty years, and there's nobody I'd rather be co-hosting with, and that's why I can't wait to see where the next five years is going to go. So, a big thank you for all those that listened, and a big thank you to you. Thank you to you for all you do for the Rolling Dice and Taking Name Show. I do appreciate it. Now, I may want to, you know, uh, didn't you have a man crush going on somebody else from um, Mam versus Meeple or something? Oh, uh, David Waybright. Yeah. Uh huh. Are you sure? (laughs) Sure, it's not me. Are you sure? Okay. I'm just checking on this. Maybe you should have played Fog of Love with him. I've already got you. I'm still chasing him. Oh, is that how that works? (laughs) I see how this is going. 
Yes, it's been a great five years. I look forward to the next five, ten, or however long. I can't wait for my prediction to come true that the board gaming industry will bust. Well, thank goodness we'll have our cooking show by then. That's right. Speaking of which, in 2018, 2018, I've been told that I can tease this. Tease it. Vanessa, my wife, has agreed that in 2018 we want to start cranking up our YouTube channel. And we want to start doing more things with it. One thing that we're going to be doing is she and I are going to start a little cooking segment. And we're going to call it Slice and Dice. I was waiting for a reaction. You uh, there is no slice, slice and dice. <laughs> he just kind of cocked his eyes at yeah, me. So okay, slice, slice and, and dice. dice. Okay. Hey, it's better than what we came up with on Blue Bag, Pink Bag. Recipes and colonoscopies. Uh, that does kind of rhyme, though. Yes. And what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be uh, showing how some of the recipes that we made, like the cinnamon roll uh, apple pie. We'll show how that's made, and then we're going to, to rate it. How easy is it to make, and is it board game friendly? Because, you know, there are some foods that you make that you really probably shouldn't have at the board game table, and we'll be talking about some of those. And uh, so it's going to be fun. For you, She and I are going to get in the kitchen. We're going to share some recipes, and we're going to open up the uh, the lines on YouTube and stuff so that you can share your recipes, and maybe we can talk about those. That's something coming in 2018. And, Tony, we haven't talked about this either, but in 2018, we're also going to start a new funding, a crowdfunding campaign. Oh, cool. On Pod Pledge, uh, there's been a lot going on with the uh, Patreon service where they've started charging those uh, the people who uh, uh, donate. They're charging them a fee, and we actually had a poll on the BGG Guild saying whether it should be Pod Pod Pledge or Patreon. Pod Pledge was slightly winning, but when this was announced, Pod Pledge took a huge lead. So we're going to be going back to them. We use them in 2015. So be looking for that coming in January. And the whole purpose of that is for some of the stuff that we talked about. We do want to do more stuff on YouTube. Tony has a great idea for a segment he wants to do on YouTube. So we just want to get some nice lights. We got to make sure that things look good, but also because thankful to listeners like you, our downloads have skyrocketed this past year to where we've had to upgrade our servers, not once, but twice. And our hosting costs have doubled this year. And so having a little bit of help to offset those costs will be a great uh, a great help. And this, you know, it's a good problem to have. So it's just kind of setting us up. We did it in 2015. We kind of got set. We didn't do one uh, this past year and we're going to do uh, one this year. So uh, keep your eyes and ears out for that. We'll be talking about more about that in our first episode coming back in January. So we're going to, again, we're going to be looking at pod pledge to do that. Yes. And it is just one of those things that, you know, Marty and I look at it from the standpoint, if you want to. Oh, no, yes. This show will always be free. It will always be free. It's, again, just to kind of help maybe offset some of the costs that we've incurred this past year because of our double upgrades that we've had to go through. Can, can, I, can I do my ending line yet? Are you done? Uh, hold on. Uh, let's see. Palm Pledge, thanking everybody, thanking you. Palm Please be done. I think that's it. Okay. Keep rolling down. And taking names. Thanks so much for listening to our fifth anniversary episode. And thank you so much for being with us all these years. We love this community and we can't wait to see what happens in, in the future. And we just hope that every couple weeks, that for an hour to an hour and a half, we can put a smile on your face as we talk about this hobby that we like so much. Can't wait to see what happens in the future. And we'll see you in 2018. Close your eyes. Can you guess where I'm taking you? A. 
to a secret party with famous people and champagne. B, I don't know. I lost track of where we are going. I think I got an answer for you and I right there. C, to the local square to listen to the street storytellers Sentimental love stories, A, B, or C. Yeah. Can we just play Pie Town again instead? Funagain.com. We're <laughs> we singing every every commercial now. Yeah. Funagain.com. You just you just were so excited to sing on Blue Peg, Pink Peg when we got to do their re-roll song, and now you want to sing on our show. That's right. Funagain.com. <laughs> Go to funagain.com for all your latest gaming needs. I can't sing, and I know that. But be sure to go to funagain.com. You can get Puzzles Funko, all the bra- greatest. Puzzles Funko. Puzzles Funko, greatest games that are out there. Be sure to get out there. Thanks again, Nick. We appreciate everything you do for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Funagain.com. <laughs> is that, that going to be their new uh, jingle? I hope not. I hope you can pay for more than that. <laughs> yeah.